we really don't edit this podcast. So if you ever hear long, long pauses, we're chugging wine. Get over it. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. This is episode 118. Oh, my goodness. Holy smokes. We are Holy just smokes, Batman. <laughs> every week we are here recording new episodes for you every Wednesday. Here we are. Uh, my name is Katie, as most of you know. Happy to be here with my co-host and bestie, Caitlin. We are ready to talk the world of football, the world of housewives. Here. We got our wine filled up. We're ready to go. I'm rocking my Luann fell in the bushes shirt that I wore to BravoCon. Rocking my Giants party. tank. <laughs> but uh, it's truly a classic. And yeah, let's just start it off. Let's talk about everything going on this past week. We have a great game tonight. Um, we got a good show. I'm excited. Yeah, we have a lot of great topics, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, we do want to talk about the fact that we had mentioned to you guys previously that we were going to be guests on a very popular and one of our favorite podcasts, mm -hmm. Talking Giants. And our episode, we did record it, and it did officially come out on Monday. So Talking Giants, make sure you check them out. You can subscribe, listen. Uh, we are featured, and again, this, this was an episode where they brought on, I believe, eight different other podcast mm -hmm. shows that are Giants-related, football-related. Yeah. Which I think is and great. I love that. It was really great just to showcase- Women supporting women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just showcasing other people that do similar things yeah. to them. And I thought that was really- I think we were, we were the only females on the, the show. I believe too. so too. So, so um, representing women. Major kudos to us, pats on the back. But pats on the back to um, Justin and Bobby from Talking Giants for being fans of our show. Like we truly yeah. do appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you are going to listen, and you know, it is a very long episode, mm -hmm. like I said, eight different uh, podcasts were featured on this episode. But if you want to specifically jump ahead and listen to your girls, <laughs> we are from the basically the 55 minute mark to the one hour 20 mark. So we're on there for 25 minutes. And it came out great. Justin had us on. We talked with Justin. We were allowed to talk about, um, kind of showcase what our show is about, but then also dive into, he basically gave us free reigns, like whatever two Giants topics yeah. you want to discuss, let's do it. Let's go for it. So you guys definitely have to listen because we had a great conversation and it was a ton of fun. We won't so. give away any spoilers. You got to listen yeah, to no, what we spoke about. <laughs> Talking Giants. Make sure you listen, subscribe. Yeah. They're on all major outlets. So do it. Definitely, definitely give us a listen on there. It was a do, lot of do fun. It. Yes. So normally, uh, you know, on our Instagrams at the Real Football Fans of NJ on Caitlin and I's personal Instagrams, every week we're either giving you polls, quiz questions, stuff like that. This week we asked you to give us questions to answer on tonight's show, and we have a boatload of them. So boatload, we're, boatload. We're not going to dive too too deep into our responses. We're going to try to keep it a little bit rapid fire, but we got great questions, so I'm very excited about this. So question number one is feeding off of the Talking Giants podcast. Um, <laughs> Co-host Bobby Skinner on there, he sent us this question. Unfortunately, Bobby couldn't join us on the podcast episode that we filmed. We filmed it with his co-host, Justin. So we did get a question from Bobby saying, how painful was it to record with <laughs> Justin and not me? 
It was not painful at all. Justin was, it was smooth sailing. I thought it was, you know, we record this podcast for you guys. Like I need to, everyone listening right now, we do like very minimal editing. Like I, like I'll listen through the show and like maybe, I think maybe three times I've edited our podcast. Like we are raw, baby. We are all raw. And like, you've heard our hiccups. Like we're like out here, like, damn, I dropped something. Oh my God. Like Tucker's in our faces, things like our long pot, our long pauses while we're chilling. (laughs) It is all there for you. But, um, you know, Justin was like, listen, if you guys mess up, like, it's okay. Like I can go back and edit. It was such, he was a perfect host. Like it was, again, it was smooth sailing. Like, I don't think he made any edits to the show. Like maybe we're pros, but he seems like a pro too. No, we had Um, a conversation. (laughs) It was not painful. It was, it was truly, truly a great experience, but we missed Bobby. We missed Bobby because I have never had the opportunity to actually like speak with him or meet him. Like obviously- I met him in person. You met Justin through, you know, a Zoom call. Yeah. Um, But Caitlin has met Bobby before at a Giants game. So Bobby, yeah, like I, I, I missed having you there. I was hoping to meet you, but soon again, again. We'll all rendezvous at a uh, Giants game in the future. It's coming. It's coming. All right, number two. This was a funny one. Caitlin is single and out on the prowl. So you know, if anybody knows of anybody, but this serious, question, serious. My number is. <laughs> but this question was: Can Caitlin try to marry Patrick Mahomes? And maybe this has to do with the fact that he is rolling in the Benjamins now. But Caitlin ain't right? like that. She doesn't need a man to make the money. No, but I'm Caitlin, the one. Are you interested? Are you interested in possibly being hooked up with Patrick Mahomes? It means that we could get rid of his annoying girlfriend. So I would like that. So that is like the biggest plus there. I'm a little offended. This question comes from one of our friends. I feel like he's trying just to like whore me off on Patrick Mahomes so all of us can have a luxury lifestyle. Listen, if I ever make it big one day and get money, of course you guys are all going to be living my luxurious lifestyle. I love you all. But yes, it would get rid of his annoying girlfriend. I think Patrick Mahomes is a very cute kid. He's a talented quarterback. And listen, again, he's rolling in the dough right now. So you guys all know my dream is to marry an NFL player. So let's go ahead. Let's try there. It's out in the open now. Patrick Mahomes, I am willing to date you and I will go on a date with you. You just obviously get rid of that annoying blondie. Can can we also get rid of his Kermit the Frog voice? I would be that too. Stop. It definitely sounds like it, but I, again, I can get past it. So yes, I can try to marry him. Question number three, with no fans and shorter, well, potentially no fans in the stadium and shorter time to prepare, who will be affected or possibly benefit more, uh, the rookies or the vets? So affected like in a negative way, I think the rookies will be impacted the most. That transition from college football to the NFL is massive. There's like minor rule changes that a lot of them forget, like being with a new team, like getting bigger. A lot of these guys, like they're big coming out of college. They need to get 10 times bigger going into the NFL. So there's just so many different things that um, really can impact them. And then benefit i really don't think anyone's benefiting from this to be honest i don't like the idea of i even saw like the other day like i forget which player posted it and he was like i have a feeling like there's not going to be a preseason that would make me really uncomfortable you can practice all you want with your team but it's a different thing going up against another team and actually physically playing like if there's no preseason like i'm truly scared for that first game for all teams yeah. So I don't think anyone really benefits from No, that. definitely not. And I think it's, it's, 
I think this is kind of an easy question. I think the rookies are the ones that are going to hurt the most from this because they have the biggest adjustment period going from college football to the pros. The thing that you always hear rookies say is that the NFL is so much faster. So you have to get used to that game speed. You have to get used to your new teammates. You, one of the other toughest things is they have to learn that gigantic playbook. Oh yeah. And then not only sit down at a table and study it, but actually get out on the field and run those plays and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as, as far as like a season goes and, and playing games, it's going to be interesting to see how rookies do this year, yeah. considering that they're not going to have much time to prepare. So, yeah. All right. Question number four, who is the most talented giant of the past 20 years? All right. Y'all ready for this? I went with your all-time favorite player, not Eli, but Michael Strahan. I went with Michael Strahan as well. Let's toss it out here. 2001, he held the single season sack record with 22.5 sacks. Defensive player of the year for the AP NFL. NFC Defensive Player of the Year, All-Decade Team for the 2000s. Obviously, he made it to the Hall of Fame in 2014. He didn't get it. I should that he should have gotten in 2013, but whatever. Let's not get there. So, but he's just insane. Like he finished his career with 141.5 sacks. Like, okay, like yeah. Michael Strahan. Like, would you want to get sacked by him? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Guys, um, a beast, and I'm truly like just like so thankful for everything he did for the New York Giants oh, and yeah. to have. And of course, like we evaluated other people, but like him, I just, oh God. So I have to say, I didn't evaluate too many people just because I'm thinking last 20 years. And the first thing that popped into my head is Michael Strahan. And then mm-hmm. the way that I wanted in my head, I was pretty sure about this, but wanted to back it up. I feel as though one of the easiest things to look at is like, okay, in the past 20 years, what New York Giant has ever won Offensive Player of the Year, yeah. Defensive Player of the Year, or MVP of the league? And the only person, the only Giant to do that in the last 20 years was in 2001 when Michael Strahan won Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year. So yeah. you have to be pretty damn talented to win that. And he's the yeah. only Giant that's won one of those major awards. So it's definitely Michael Strahan for me. God, I love him. All right, number five. Uh, let's say these players are all in their prime, all same age maybe, but you're building a team. Who are you going with? Brandon Jacobs, Tiki Barber, or Saquon Barkley? These are all running backs here. Yeah. Who are you building your franchise with? I'm going to build it with Brandon Jacobs. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I know. He just, to me, like, there's a, a lot of people I think like with like today's and like, I know he didn't like stop playing like a hundred years ago. I understand it wasn't that long ago, but like there's like that grit and that toughness and that like monstrosity of a running back. And I think Saquon is really going to be our franchise moving forward. Yeah. And he's still obviously just very early for me to like, and of course I would love to place all my bets on him, but I've seen what Brandon Jacobs can do. I can see him in this today's league today running over people. To me, he's just that strong, mental, physical, like beastly of a running back that yeah. the giants haven't seen since him. Well, he's not built like a normal running back. He's a That's why I love him. Yeah. He I love the big boys. He's built like a normal running back. But um, he actually would be my third pick. And I am going to go with Saquon because I just think he's going to be, as long as he could stay yeah. healthy, one of, the, one of the great backs in NFL history. 
And a close second is Tiki Barbie, Tiki Barber, because as much as Tiki you know, Barbie. fans He's have baby. whatever kind of issue with him, you can't deny the fact that he absolutely like put that team yeah. on his back and just ran with them. The yeah. man was an animal. And I think if Saquon can stay healthy, he can do similar things to what Tiki Barber did. But I think uh, Saquon is just more of a gifted athlete. And so I'm going to yeah. give him a slight edge. All right. Number six, once quarantine is over, what football stadium would you like to visit besides MetLife? I mean, we definitely spoke about this before quarantine. Yeah. You know, we wanted to make it a tradition to go to, you know, to go to stadiums like together. Um, and hopefully in the future, we can still have that happen. Um, I, as <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, it's, I know it's cold and I know people will go crazy, but like, I really want to go to Lambeau Field. Like, I just, maybe I don't want to go to a game that's like, negative 30 degrees but I just I would like to go um you know specifically to if the Giants are playing Green Bay like I would like that um it's just like one of those one it's of a those classic classes. football stadium yeah. um yeah I know my dad's been and it's just one of those you got to check it off the list um so maybe one day maybe one day I will definitely go with you in the months of like September October maybe mm -hmm. November if it's a December game count yeah. me out but um, I'm actually going with a dome, so we don't have to worry about the weather. Uh, one of the number one places on my bucket list as far as places that I want to visit in the U.S. is New Orleans. I yeah. would love, love, love to go to a New Orleans Saints game. I think it would be a phenomenal experience. I think it's another stadium that is pretty popular on, on a list of places yeah. that people would check out. So yeah, that is my, answer. I've been outside the Superdome. I didn't get to go in, but it's very, very right. impressive. Very similar to, um, not similar, but I was outside of, um, Atlanta's new stadium and also, uh, Tennessee's, the Nissan stadium. I was outside okay. all three of them didn't go in, but I was outside the doors. Let me in. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> All right. Well, number seven, what is your favorite New Jersey BYOB restaurant to enjoy wine at? This is a good question. And like a lot of places like in New Jersey, like are BYOB. I feel like yeah, I don't, I don't, I feel like I don't go to enough. And maybe now that outdoor dining is like the only thing we can do, I should start doing it more. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, if you want to take me on a date to a New Jersey BYOB, please call me. Um, I, I'm going to go with Apis. Um, oh my God, you took my answer. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we like going together. Okay, I have another answer I could throw out. Oh, and Cuban Pete's. <laughs> I take you it. took my other answer. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, I think oh, that just shows. I mean, we should go more now. Yeah, well, Oppie's, uh, this is a, both restaurants are in Montclair. Um, mm -hmm. Oppie's, I don't know if they have outdoor dining. They don't have a ton of space for it, so I don't yeah. know if they've done anything. But they're located in Montclair, Caitlin and I. It's a great Italian uh, place that could be casual, but it could also be fancy. Yeah. Um, they do really cool, like, artesian pizzas. Mm, so and they also, I always get really phenomenal pasta dishes there. Their salads so, are good, too. Oof. I mean, we went Everything's there. Everything's good. Caitlin and I went there together before. We saw Countess Luann at her cabaret show in Montclair. And it's always Katie wined and dined me for my birthday. I did. I did. I took her out. It was we a great all, date. And we were all dressed for We were. So I was like, we legit look like we're like lovers on a date. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. Um, and then Cuban Pete's is a great Cuban spot. Oh, Always so been one of the most popular restaurants in Montclair. Has phenomenal outdoor dining. They have to be taking reservations right now. Oh, 
I would hope so. Cause normally, I'm going to call normally Cuban Pete's is a really hot spot. You need to go there on like a weeknight, literally at last like four 30. I, I, I ate dinner at like 10 o'clock at night. That was like, I happened to get it. It's so good though. And so worth great it. Great spot. Great spot. All right, number eight, this is the last question. Do you believe Antonio Brown would be a headache or contribute positive, positively to a team? Too much has happened. And even like today, he like tweeted out something cryptic and like posted on Instagram. It's just, it's never not going to be a headache. So I don't think he'll ever positively contribute again. So wow. headache. Um, I don't say this in a mean way. I say this in a very serious way. I take, and I think, sports need to take mental health very seriously, um, especially NFL with CTE and everything like that. I believe Antonio Brown could greatly benefit. I don't know if he's doing it Mm -hmm. right now from um, seeing somebody, talking to somebody, a therapist, maybe being medicated. And I I think I'm not saying this in a, in a joking, like, ha ha, he's crazy kind of way. Mm -hmm. But I think he really needs to focus on himself right now rather than football. So I, I, he needs to focus on like a shit ton of things and it's not football. Like I agree. Football's on the back burner right now for Antonio Brown. It should be on like the end burner, like never coming back. Um, yeah, no, those were great questions. Thank you guys so much. And as always, you know, you can send us questions when we go back to our live format, which will hopefully be soon. I know we teased you guys a little bit a couple weeks ago. We'll get back. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Um, and then also just always you shoot us a DM, you know, tweet at me on, you know, on Twitter, like always ask us questions. We're always Always happy to answer them. So let's get into our big stories of the week for football now. We brought this up before because apparently I'm marrying the man of the hour, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, because he signed a mega contract extension. I cannot put more emphasis on the word mega. Mega. It's wild. Mega. It's like Sega, but you say mega. Mega. Oh my God. That's great. On Monday, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes reached an agreement on a 10-year contract extension to keep him through the 2031 season. Let me repeat that. Uh, 2031. I will be 41 years old. Yikes. You will be 39. Oh, no. Not even 30 yet. (laughs) It's just wild to think about it that way. The deal is worth... $503 $503 million with $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms. Like, my goal in life is just to make $1 million. That's not even attainable, probably. Oh, Jesus, my head. It's spinning. It's going yeah. to explode. It's the largest contract in sports history. Sports history. So throw football off the table. Sports history. And football, and that's a big deal because yeah. we always talk about how baseball players get paid oh my way God. more than football so players. So much. So saying that, like people sports. might not, people who don't pay attention to other sports might not realize how big of a deal that yeah. is, but it is a very, very, yes. very big deal. So he is the first athlete with a half a billion dollar contract and the first NFL player to be the highest paid athlete in the sports world. The Kansas City Chiefs are taking like no, no prisoners. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> taking our man. They are like it is, they are all. Okay. Caitlin, I think you're out. I think he's in a relationship with the Kansas City Chiefs now for the next, at least for the next 10 years. So you're out. Seriously. And I don't think I want to wait until I'm 39 years old to marry Patrick Mahomes. Listen, Uh, and I think he's a lot younger than me. So actually, you know what? 
eh, might work out. So <laughs> he still has two years left on his rookie contract, which is also super crazy. Yeah. He's um, getting money from that. So. I know. So it's just like dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. Um, he will get a ten, <laughs> a ten million dollar signing bonus. Like honestly, that's a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. Like really. Give me that. You better donate that somewhere. Then a a large amount of bonuses on rolling guaranteed basis in future years, which includes, it's just, I can't, my brain hurts, $49.4 million bonus in 2026 and also $25 million in incentives for winning MVP awards. I like that. That's not guaranteed. Like, you got to win that to get it which is good. I like that. Um, And then Super Bowls too. So again, not guaranteed. Start 2022. So holy guacamole. Two two things I want to say. What did I just read to everyone? You read a bunch of nonsense, but it's all true. So (laughs) two things I want to bring up. Caitlin actually, when this broke, um, sent, sent it to me through Instagram and I read it and I was like, I saw the words 10 year, right? Yeah. When have we ever seen a contract that's been 10 years long for a coach, for a player, whatever. So when Anything. she sent it to me, I thought it was just one of those like joking, like, haha, we're just playing a joke, like mocking, whatever type account. But I also was like, but why would Caitlin send me like a fake account thing or whatever? And then I saw that it was real and I couldn't freaking believe it. Yeah. Um, number two, it just brought up a discussion hearing the news between me and my husband. And I, I honestly told him like, you know, Andy Reed came out. I, I think the article came out today. Andy Reed doesn't, he's only 62 years old. I thought he was a little bit older, but he said that he doesn't plan on retiring anytime soon. We all have to really respect the fact that we could be seeing a Bill Belichick Brady like dynasty being built with Andy Reid and Patrick. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've already won one Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I said to my husband, in my opinion, with the, with the roster, the chiefs Mm -hmm. have, they should be at least winning two more. Absolutely. Should at least have three Super Bowl wins. In my opinion, you don't sign this contract with less than two wins for the next 10 years. And you know what? They, they might be like my, I haven't really, really dug deep into my true feelings on it, but they could easily be the favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl this year and be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all unless somebody really important to the team goes down with an injury. I mean, it should be their title to defend. Yeah. I just like, <sighs> Wow. Wow. And I think honestly too, like, I'm sure like, you know, the big, like, you know, football, like gurus and like fanatics out there, I'm sure definitely dove into like all the details and everything, but I'm sure there's people listening to our show tonight that like, didn't really know the behind the scenes details of this. And I guarantee you jaws are dropping because mine just does every single time that this is just, it's every time I read it, every time I look at it, it's like, how are these numbers even like factual? Like, how does it all add up? Where did the Kansas City Chiefs, where is this money coming from? Have you been like secretly like stashing cash? Like, is it coming from personal investments? <laughs> like, where is this money from coming from? Boosters? You got boosters? Yeah, what do you got? Where, where do y'all get this money from? Because we need this. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. But listen, you know, I hope they don't continue. To- As a fan, are you like happy or mad about this? They must have no cap space right now. 
uh, you got to be happy about it. I mean, in a world where even though it happened at the tail end. Maybe I'm not saying mad about it, but like questioning. Even when it happened at the very tail end of their careers, we saw a guy like Peyton Manning leave the Colts and go to the Broncos. We saw Mm -hmm, Tom Brady who literally just left. Nobody would have ever in a million years predicted that we would ever see the day. He left and went to Tampa Bay. So to me, nobody's safe. Like if you love your quarterback, it's not a done deal that he's going to be with you forever. No matter how good he is, he might eventually want to leave and go venture off on his own. So to lock down Patrick Mahomes for 10 years, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I'm ecstatic. Maybe I have to start thinking this way when it comes to relationships and dating. <laughs> I will give you $503 million what? if you stay with me for 10 years. Can I date you? Yeah. Oh hey, my God. Options options I'm- to Oppies, baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can go to Oppies every night. There'll be a lot more Oppies dinners <laughs> in your future. Oh my God. I would love oh. it. I would love it. it. Insane though. Truly, truly Craziness. insane. All right. Well, um, we are going to get into our second week now of doing our um, division by division, team by team, best worst case scenario record predictions for the 2020 season. Uh, last week we started, we kicked it off with the AFC East. So now we are going to the NFC side. We are doing the NFC East, which is obviously a pretty important division to us because our New York Giants play in it. And, you know, we definitely know these four teams better than any other four teams in the NFL. So it's it's always an interesting division. We never usually see back-to-back to to the way the Patriots used to dominate the AFC Mm -hmm. East. the NFC East definitely changes up a little bit year by year. So let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, what is your best case and what is your worst case scenario records for this team? My best case scenario for the Dallas Cowboys, as it pains me in all ways, shape and for, uh, shapes and forms. Um, yes. Let me speak correctly. Clearly I'm drunk already. Um, 10 and six. I think the Dallas Cowboys had a very good draft um, and it's coming yeah, into draft. Yes. Again, which just unfortunately dagger to the heart. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I'm going to go with 10 and six and then um, just swap it real quick for first uh, worst case scenario with six and 10, which is still, for how this division has been over the past couple of years, six and ten, not bad, to be honest. I know, right? <laughs> usually, usually our division, our division champion is like a nine and seven record. Ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm clo- I'm pretty much sort of similar to you. Um, the Cowboys are my favorite to win the division. They they are unfortunately. Oh. Um, they have a very, very talented roster, and they only got better in that draft. I mean, they, I truly believe they had one of the best drafts amongst the NFL. My best-case scenario for them, just looking at their schedule and, and really in detail, 11-5 and best-case scenario. Worst case, even though I, I do have them more similar to their best case, worst case, I have them at 7-9. and nine. Yeah. The only reason that I have them kind of like that low, like under 500, I looked at their schedule. They have four really, really tough road games. Um, they are playing the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens, and the Rams on the road. So that, that hurts. Um, and they could definitely get some losses. No team there. is doing well on the road against those teams, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's always a challenge. Um, so they do have a, a little bit of a difficult schedule. But again, I do predict them to win the division. And I do yeah. think that they will be closer to what we predicted, a 10-6, and 11-5 and record. The thing with the Cowboys, though, is that – 
and like I went on the lower side too with six yeah. and ten is because when they're bad, like they're bad. Like it's they like they'll shit the bed like it. And it's like, and it's a, it's a running joke. It's a running and the memes are all out there. It's like always like they, they choke. They really do. Like, I think, mm-hmm. listen, you can chime from the rooftops that they're America's team all you want, but they're also like the biggest chokers in the NFL. Well, I think everybody's That's been an talking, unbiased opinion. I think everybody's been talking about the Dallas Cowboys for the last couple of seasons and constantly talking about how good their roster is and how many playmakers they have, but they never- just- They've never done anything with Why it. do you think so, I was so frustrated with the Falcons last year? You can't have that roster and not be good. They haven't capitalized on the fact that they are a team filled with pro bowlers. Yeah. And they're I'm not, not going to get capitalizing. I'm not going to get upset about the Cowboys because I don't care. I want them to be bad with these playmakers, but a team like the Falcons, I'm going to be pissed about it year after year about last season. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, talking about being pissed year after year, let's talk about the New York Giants. What a segue. What a segue. What a segue, segue, baby. All right. What do we have for best case, worst case scenario? Caitlin and I always differ on this one year after year. So I'm very interested to hear her opinion. As contrary to popular uh, belief with that, my infamous Giants picture that floats around of how unsatisfied I am. I'm a very optimistic Giants fan. I really am. I just, I love the New York Giants, <laughs> and I'm hoping for the day that we get back to good, <laughs> just being good, or yeah. whatever. So I think I'm actually a little, like, two games lower than I was last year in my prime of being optimistic. My best case scenario is putting them at 508 and 8. I think that's fair. That is my best case scenario. That's the most realistic prediction I've heard you give <laughs> the last couple of years. Maybe someone's just knocked some sense into me or I'm just, <laughs> um, and again, this is coming too. I'm very pleased with the draft. I think we did an amazing yeah. job. I think we do need camp and a preseason though, to really advance on it. So I am hoping that we get that. Um, and then my worst case scenario is us going back to where we were in 2019 at four and 12, which was just truly heartbreaking. So Wow, we are uh, We're there. the closest we have ever been on the Giants in a very long time. Um, Starting to agree more. Best case scenario, and I thought before I looked at their schedule that I was going to say six and ten, but I'm actually going seven and nine. Wow. Um, I, did see, I did see games on that schedule that I thought they could potentially win. Absolutely. So best case scenario, I'm going seven and nine, and I actually think as shitty as it is, I think that's a step in the right direction for this young football team, especially. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think that's a shitty a comment, though, yeah. With a sophomore quarterback who, new um, coach, new coach. Like, I think seven we're recycling nine, coaches left and right, so. If the Giants finish seven and nine, I'd be pleased. It means that we're trending upwards. It means yeah. going in the right direction. Hey, we could finish seven and nine and win the division, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> it's happened before, not with us, but it's, we can go on and that was we can go on and win the super bowl so i'm good i'm good worst case scenario i i think this was yeah this was what you said four and twelve right yeah so back to where we were worst case scenario i have four and And it's like i know we were bad last season and i guess it's like in comparison to the season before that too when we were um three and 13 i like I understand like we were so bad, but like, it just didn't truly feel like that bad. Like when I think of a three and 13 team, I think of like the Miami dolphins and I'm just like so bad. And it's like, I don't put the giants on like that level. And it's just like, again, it's probably super biased cause I'm a fan, but like, it's just, I don't know. 
I thought we were going to be on that level last year. I, I said, again, I, I said three wins max. But you know what? I'm very excited about this team for yeah. two, two, my two big reasons. I think Daniel Jones is going to really be awesome. In his He's such career. a stud. I'm very, I have very high expectations for him in year two. And I'm also really excited about Joe Judge. I know Giants are kind of scratching their head a little bit when that when that hire came out. But the I think more we all I were. got to feel like I got to know Joe Judge through his interviews, through articles written, I, I like him and I'm excited for both of them. I agree. Um, okay, Philadelphia Eagles, best case, worst case. Uh, when we were speaking with Justin about it on mm-hmm. Talking Giants, he did believe that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I caught this on his Instagram the other day. Justin mm-hmm. from Talking Giants believes that Philadelphia is going to be taking a little bit of a step back. What are your thoughts on this team? So I'm actually, I'm going to give their best case scenario, their record last year, which was nine and seven. Um, so I think that's like the best that they can do, but I think it'll be a stretch for them to do that. Um, I actually think they're going to sit more in their worst case scenario area, which is five and 11 for me. Um, I don't really even know. I feel like nine and seven, like they kind of like picked up momentum near like the end of the season last year. And like, that's where they kind of like fell into that nine and seven and ended up being um, first in the division. But like, I don't know. It was still, but yeah, I see them more while I do have five and 11 as the worst. I do see them sitting more in that area. Well, I don't disagree with you on this one. At best case, I have them at eight and eight, which kind of surprised me that I, that I said that and that yeah. I thought wouldn't do better. Um, and I have their worst case at five and 11, but this really happened. This opinion from my own thoughts formed by looking at their schedule yeah actually I don't you know how they always do like they rank who has the hardest schedule based on the teams that they're playing and what those records were last year right sometimes you have to throw that out the window when I was looking at these four schedules I actually thought the Philadelphia Eagles had the toughest one so if they fall closer to their worst case scenario Mm -hmm. it's not going to necessarily surprise me they have three really really difficult away games against the 49ers the Steelers and the Packers, ouch, Uh, ouch, ouch, ouch. And then they have three um, really difficult home games. I mean, they're lucky that these opponents are at home, but they're still really difficult. They have to play the Ravens, the Seahawks, and the Saints. I mean, those are six opponents that I just named right there that that you could potentially lose all six of those games because those are phenomenal opponents. So I actually think Philadelphia had the toughest schedule out of the entire division and Mm -hmm. You know, Justin from Talking Giants might be right. This We might be yeah. seeing a step back from the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Let's hope so. <laughs> and then last, we are finishing off with the Washington Redskins. Um, they finished fourth in the, in the division last year. It's hard to believe that we finished in third and that someone was worse than us. But <laughs> the Washington Redskins, uh, are they going to step it up this year? They have Ron Rivera probably going with Dwayne Haskins as their starting quarterback. Best case, worst case, Caitlin, what do you have? They are not good. Um, they did not have a good draft. And listen, not well, like, be, not well, not well, be. And I'm not being nice here. My best case scenario for them is four and 12. My worst case scenario is two and 14. Okay. My best case scenario for them is six and 10. My worst case is two and 14. I just, they're not good. Yeah. I mean, this was a two win team last year, so you can't exactly, not good. you know, me saying six and 10 might be generous. 
And and I think unfortunately, I think that is generous. It stems mainly off of me thinking that Dwayne Haskins is not the answer for this team at quarterback. He really I mean, Ron Rivera is going to be a phenomenal hire. I mean, who wouldn't love to have Ron Rivera as a head coach? Oh, absolutely. We wanted him. But, you know, Ron Rivera isn't playing quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Dwayne Haskins no. is, and I just don't have a lot of faith there. I don't. And obviously and they I, have all, like, the behind-the-scenes drama, too, with, like, changing their name. There's just too much going on right now. Yeah. They're just not I a mean, good team. Obviously – Obviously, we could have talked about that on our show tonight, but I kind of want to see how things play out with that. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's been discussions about the Washington Redskins finally after years and years and years of debates. Funny yeah. enough, I actually um, had to write a paper back in college, whatever year this was, because now I'm old. Um, and it, it was this whole, it was a, it was a really long paper. It could be on anything that I wanted, a research topic. And I picked... The, de- the debate about the Washington Redskins and other teams, the Seminoles, like teams like that, yeah. about whether or not they need to change their mm. names. So this has been debated forever. Oh, yeah. And I think we'll mainly probably bring it up on our show and talk about it when we get word of what's going to happen. Because I think, you know, they're in a situation where they're kind of being forced to yeah. finally make that move and finally change that name. Oh, yeah. There's no more excuses anymore. It's got to go. Yep. All right. I go. Well, It'll be interesting to see what happens with this division as it always is. But those are our big stories of the week in football. We will be playing a really, really fun uh, football game later on. Definitely stay tuned and listen for that. Keep on listening. Moving into our big stories of the week for Housewives. So listen, all these ladies are just creating podcasts left and right because they're copying us. I think they listen to the pod and copy us. So the latest housewife, well, former housewife, to create a new podcast is Miss Bethany Frankel. So she's back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's funny, when I I was reading the post, I didn't realize it was a podcast at first. I thought it was like a TV show. Me too. Yeah, it did. The way she announced it, it did seem like it was like a TV show. That's what I thought, yeah. So yesterday she did take to Instagram to announce she'll be launching launching a podcast called Just Be. I love that. I just yeah. be. I love it. I love it. Um, not well be. That's not well. Not well be. Not well be. Uh, so Just Be with Bethany Frankel. It will be a podcast devoted to being self-made mog- mog- I never know how to pronounce this word. Mogul. 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 Mo- I, my- I know. I know. It's like I'm not good at it. You need to know that word. M- mogul. Mogul. Mog- Mobile. 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 I'm really super simple. Yeah, sure. So, I'll never, that's so funny. In business, lifestyle, and beyond. So, some of her guests include Mark Cuban. So, Bethany was on Shark Tank for a while. So obviously her and Mark are besties. Um, this one I'm interested in, Netflix CMO, Bazoma St. John. I hope That's I interesting. your name correctly. I'm sorry. 
from UFC president uh, Dana White and more. So yeah. the podcast is expected to launch in September of 2020, um, which is great. I love when people take the time to launch a podcast and not just do it overnight because you can right. tell and it's up. Um, it will be available through Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. So the interesting thing about this, the podcasting world right now is Spotify is like coming out and just destroying everyone. Um, so they're actually signing podcasts and it's strictly to Spotify only. If Bethany's, yes, they've got people like Kim Kardashian. Um, oh my God, there's this really famous guy and I'm blanking on his name. I'm going to kill myself. Um, he's like literally like the best podcaster out there and they got him. Um, so they're going out and they're like, you cannot go anywhere else. It's just, we'll spend all this money on you. It's just Spotify. So if this does well, I can see them going after Bethany with names like this already, like on her guest list, like hundred percent will go after her. So I think this is super interesting. Again, I'm very interested with these names that are, you know, listed there. I love a good business podcast. Like I'm huge into them. I did make you guys that recommendation a couple weeks back called the token CEO, Barstool CEO. I love love a good one. Um, Lifestyle and Beyond. And I think the, my favorite thing that I saw in her post is that it was going to be raw. It was going to be unedited. And she admitted that there's a lot of stuff that she says sometimes and she doesn't know, but she's right. going to learn. So she was like, call me out on my shit. Please do. Like, please do. Um, and I think in the current environment that we're in, like, yeah, everyone's going to screw up, but please, please tell. Like, I, yeah. Tell me. I just think it's amazing how big podcasts are getting. Oh, I know. Like it is truly, I feel like we, I feel since quarantine started, I feel as though we've probably announced four different times about someone um, doing a podcast in the world of football, maybe more in the world of housewives starting a podcast. So they're becoming huge. Everybody's got a podcast now. Everyone's got a podcast. Um, what I'm are so we happy, doing? <laughs> I'm so happy that we, you know, eventually mm. made way into the podcast world as well. And, yeah. you know, we wish Bethany the best of luck. I know yeah. she's, uh, she's such a busy lady and she's got so many other things going on, always doing great for the world. And I can't wait. I'm going to listen to it. It's fun to listen to. So it'll be really interesting. And, you know, maybe we'll get a a premiere date, a set premiere date out there and share it with you guys on the show. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. I love a good pod. Yes. Okay. So let's get into our second big story of the week in the world of housewives. Um, This one's a little scary, but hopefully everything will be all a-okay. Um, this is about Teddy Mellencamp's baby, her baby Dove, who I, I remember we were, we, we announced her birth. So yeah. I don't know, maybe she's like six months old. Oh, at, oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, so on Monday, Teddy announced on her Instagram that her baby daughter Dove was diagnosed with lambdoid craniosynostosis. Oh my God. That is like, whatever. It was I could never be a doctor. I, I know, right? How do you pronounce those things? I can't pronounce the simplest thing. I can't pronounce mogul. Yeah. I, she couldn't be mogul. Um, but she basically, her baby's going to be undergoing neurosurgery at the end of the month. That's extremely scary. Um, the condition, that big long name that I just gave you, um, is a birth defect where one or more of your fibrous, jo- uh, fibrous joints between the bones of your baby's skull um, close prematurely before the brain is fully formed. Oh, so the scary. brain continues to grow, which gives the head kind of a misshapen appearance. 
Basically, doctors say that most children, like, you know, early detection is important, but most children will have normal cognitive development and good cosmetic results after the surgery. I think Teddy is, Teddy and her husband are hopeful. They, she said they have a great team of doctors. Uh, clearly, they caught it early. She's just a young baby. And hopefully, all will be okay, but this will be taking place at the end of the month. Obviously, neurosurgery, whatever kind is always scary and so we will you know say prayers for yeah. and hope that all goes well it's a scary time in general to be in a hospital right I now know, so yeah. that's thing. the other thing too especially for older people younger people um and again we just well wishes hope it's all going to be okay and she kind of said on her instagram she didn't know whether she was going to share this or not and i think a lot of the housewives, when they have, a lot of them have dealt with some really, really difficult, yeah. tough things with their children. Um, obviously, we had Megan Cake Edmonds talk about her baby having, you know, things that he was going through. And I feel like we always share a bunch of stories. And I think it's brave of the housewives to use their platform to share it because these are things, I mean, that whole long name that people might not even realize is a thing. I didn't right. know it was a thing. And when they, when doctors tell you that early detection is key, I mean, early detection for anything is key. So yeah, anytime people like that, housewives, football players, any kind of celebrity that has a huge, huge, huge platform, let as scary as it is to open up and necessarily let people know what you're going through, you always have to remember, like, is this going to help other people that are going through this? And I think that's the yeah. whole decider and so uh, it was good yeah. for Teddy to share that and hopefully you know all goes well and, and we're reporting that all goes well at the end of the month yeah it's weird to say that like I like these types of posts because like a lot of them are like negative right. but it's it's super important and you're absolutely correct a lot of these women do come out and talk about the issues they're dealing with with their children with fertility with things like that and it's just it's crucial because as much as they're rich and famous, they go through a lot of the same shit that we do. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's bringing awareness to a lot of stuff that not everyone's life is perfect. And you can be super rich housewife and you can still be going through um, something like this. So obviously thoughts and prayers, it's super scary, especially for a young child. Um, the human body is quite the interesting, quite the interesting place. So let's hope for the best. And we will obviously report back on anything that we hear. Yes. Alrighty, so let's get into our game tonight. We are playing that wide receiver one-two punch. Falcon punch. I'm excited. I like this. Super Smash Brothers reference if anyone got <laughs> it. So. Falcon I did. Maybe I'll play after the show tonight. Um, we should do that again for our fans. We should go yeah. live and play again. That was super fun. We had a lot of we had a lot of viewers on that. It was like a lot of people watched us. <laughs> That's kind of sad, but if you if you want to watch drinking, us, do that, drinking like and playing it. Smash. All right, so we took a look across the league at each team's wide receive wide receiver position and decided which five teams have the best one-two punch and which teams have the worst one-two punch. Yep. So let's go ahead and get into things. So when it comes to the best. Mm -hmm. um, we do have them listed in order of who we right. think is the best. So one, two, three, four, five, um, doing that. So in the number one spot, who do you have? Really funny because 
Tom Brady had so much success when he had no wide receivers in New England. Yeah. Scary to think what he's going to do with Tampa Bay's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're my number one uh, one-two punch in the NFL. Okay, okay. They definitely made my list, but they are not in my number one spot. So my number one spot is Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I really think that it's a lot on Michael Thomas. It really a lot of it weighs on him, Uh, but I would never be mad with a second with Emmanuel Sanders either. So um, they definitely take my number one spot here. The number two spot, who do you have? I'm going with Atlanta's Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is a young. Okay. <laughs> Calvin Ridley is a young player, but he's already proven himself to be a. He's very talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is a really lucky guy to have these two guys, um, and Julio Jones. So do something about it. <laughs> as, as years go on, I don't even know how old Julio is now, but he, he's getting up there, and yet still, year after year after year, he produces. He's still, in my opinion, a top three wide receiver in the NFL. And then you've got this young gun in Calvin Ridley. And to me, that's a phenomenal one-two punch for this team. Absolutely. And I agreed with you. They are my number two um, as well for many of the same reasons as you have just said. Number three, who do you have? Oh, former New York Giant falling on this list for me. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Wow. Um, Do you not have them in your top five? I don't. Okay, okay. Um, And I understand why you do. Maybe I didn't pick them because I'm big on, like, their surroundings. So, like, I – so yeah, like, well, Baker Mayfield. I mean, as their quarterback, but then looking at like their line and like just the whole team in general, the okay. franchise. That maybe, I, yeah, maybe like when I'm looking at these things, I really look at like kind of it holistically. I'm looking at it very talented wide receivers. I'm almost looking at it more if I'm in the quarterback shoes and I'm I'm the quarterback of the team, and they say these are your two wide receivers. And, yeah, okay. I'm like hell freaking yeah. yeah. I have Odell and Jarvis. Sweet. Yeah. So I always you know. I talk constantly about how I think Kirk Cousins is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I think Jarvis Landry is one of the most underrated. I, yes, I can definitely I agree do with that. I think that Odell, I think he had a, he had, as much as his numbers were still great last year, I think he had a down year last year and I do expect him to bounce back and have a better year this year in his second year with the Browns. And these guys land, these uh, former LSU teammates and BFFs mm-hmm. land at number three on my list. Alrighty, my number three is Kansas City's Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. And, and these guys didn't land, they were close. They were like my honorable mention, but they're not in my top five. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's just, it's just talent. Um, I obviously like Sammy Watkins prior to injury last season was just, you know, he was putting up numbers. He really was. Yeah. Um, and Tyreek Hill, if, you know, you, I want to go in your shoes, you know, if I'm a quarterback, like, who do I have to throw to? You know, that's a name that's standing out to me. And I'm like, hell yeah, just like smooth butter there, like good stuff, like just want that. So that's why I went with those two at number three. So okay. who do you have for number four? Number four surprised me because when you don't- Mine's even, a little surprising. When you don't even look at team by team and you just think off the top of your head, these guys don't really jump out at you, but they both quietly went for over a thousand yards last season. I'm going with the Rams, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Yeah. Um, 
Cooper Cup's another underrated guy. He's dealt with yes. some injury in his career, but I I remember when he was he came back out. from the injury though. And I did remember really when well. he was coming out as a rookie, and I remember because um, I don't play fantasy. He was on my fantasy team. My husband being like, "Look out for this Cooper Cup kid. I think he's going to be really good." And yes, he was on my fantasy I, team. I, really I, good. Didn't even realize that Robert Woods had gone over um, a thousand yards last year. We actually went over eleven hundred yards and had more receiving yards than Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. So this is a great dynamic duo for the Rams, and you know a lot of help for Jared Goff at the quarterback position. All right, so my four is a little interesting and maybe kind of just shake things up a bit because um, I actually do kind of contradict myself of looking at things holistically because I'm not do really- not tell me you put the Giants because that's stupid. No. Okay, okay, okay. Relax, Katie. All right, all right, all right. Listen, I do Go like ahead. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton though, so back off. <laughs> I almost put the Giants in my bottom five. No, but- oh my kidding, no. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. I will not stand for that. Listen, I didn't put them in my top, but I will most certainly not put them in my bottom. Well, board. now I'm, I'm very intrigued. Who do we got? Well, it's not like they're bad, but I, like I said before, like if I didn't put um, Odell and Jarvis in there because of like looking okay. at everything holistically. So I am actually going with Arizona's DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. So they obviously my, they were in my honorable mention. Yeah. Huge pickup for the Cardinals to bring on DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the game, like in, very good. But then you have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. He's your number two, a vet that's been around forever and is still putting up points. And, and, and Christian Kirk is uh, arguably yeah. almost the number two as well. So I think if this had it's been gonna a It's going to be a three-way motion between all of them. I think if this had been a thing where we looked at wide receiver, like the wide receiver core across the board, mm-hmm. not just the top two guys – um, I think these guys could probably land in the in the top two, top three spots mm-hmm. yeah. if you look at them across the board. Yeah. So, so again, like the Cardinals, meh, Kyler Murray, don't like him, don't think he's talented. But putting those things aside, so again, contradicting myself, like I said yeah. earlier. Um, but yeah, so definitely my number four slot there. All right, so our last of the best number five slot, what do you have? You have them at number one. I have them at number five. I have the Saints, Michael Thomas and Manuel Sanders. I get the love for Michael Thomas. I really do. And the only reason they're not higher on my list is because of Emmanuel Sanders. Mm -hmm. He's Okay. He's on the last leg of his career. I don't know how many seasons he has left. He can still ball, though. But you put him yeah. next to a name like Michael Thomas, who's way above the rest, you have to still have them in your top five. Yeah, um, so absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's funny, too, like, bringing up, like, how, you know, how much is left for him when, you know, I in here I have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. I never question that. I feel like Larry Fitzgerald is going to play for the next 30 years, for all we know, and still be freaking phenomenal. Um, so we actually swapped our one in five. So my five slot is Tampa Bay's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So had to throw them into the top five. I yes. do understand, obviously, their talent, and they're even just going to be <laughs> – even more talented with Tom Brady throwing to them. So, um, yeah, I think both of us had pretty solid, you know, top fives. We obviously didn't agree all five for five, which I think is good. I was everybody, yeah. everybody you mentioned that wasn't on my list were definitely like right yeah. there, like six, six or seven for me. So I think uh, we definitely, definitely agree on a lot of those. 
So, which, but it is, it does bring up though, like, you know, when we, you know, looking at the list of all, every team's, you know, one, two punches, yeah. you know, I actually was very, you know, the wide receiver position is very talented in the NFL. Like there was a lot of, and I'm not saying like, yeah. I really struggled with really choosing a top five. Like it was relatively easy for me. And like, I know we had different answers on some things, but like, you know, the, there was just, there are a decent amount of names in there. Like I, I, there were, but I was actually more surprised on how unimpressed I was more so with the fact that let's say there's 32 teams in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. I'd probably say for the most part, maybe like 27, 28 of those teams really have like a solid number one receiver. Yeah. But I think like more than half of those teams don't have a really good number two guy. So I was like, I was looking at each team and being like, that's their number two guy. That's not that great. Mm -hmm. So um, I was actually a little surprised by some, some of the names, not so much like your number one wide receiver, but your number two guy. I think, I think, you know, this is going to be interesting to see too with our, with our list. There's a lot of rookies that came out. This was one of the best wide receiver draft classes in the last decade or so. I truly believe it is. And I can't wait to see what some of these rookies do because they can definitely change the league, change the game at the wide receiver position. 100% agree. All right, so let's go into our worst one-two punches. Um, So for this one in particular, um, I know I did not put them in order because it was very difficult actually for me to put them in order because we're talking about the worst here, people. So it's like, how bad can you get? So we're just going to read off just one for one what we have. So just- what is I the, kind of I yeah. kind of put them in an order, but I was telling Caitlin before the show, mine are so I had so much more difficult with this rather than naming the best five. I feel as though my bottom five teams are very interchangeable, but I will, you know, yeah. I have them. All right, so read read one of them for us. So my my worst that I have in the league, I, I'm going with the New York Jets. I'm going with Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perriman. Um, Me too. Well, they're not my number one, but I do have them listed as number one on my list. Um, Perriman is is coming to the Jets from Tampa Bay. The Jets lost their number one wide receiver in Robin Anderson. Which is so funny because they hyped up, you know, Brashad Perriman coming in so much, but like, it's still just, it's, it's not that great. Not, it's not like, that's not, that's nothing to be excited over. That's not a good number two wide receiver. And then you have a guy like Jamison Crowder, who's now going to be your number one Mm -hmm. receiver, because like I just said, Robbie Anderson is gone. But as much as I appreciate Jamison Crowder, he, he played at Duke. So I, I, I (laughs) that. Um, not a lot, not a lot of football guys besides him, Mr. Daniel Jones coming out of Duke football and playing in the NFL. And I do believe he's underrated, but if he is your number one wide receiver on, on your yeah. team, then I'm very concerned for you at that position. And, and to me, I have them at my worst. All right. List off another or give us another off your list. We're going to NFC East on this one. I'm going oh, with think- Washington Redskins. Oh, they are on um, my list too. <laughs> I, I have two. I have two NFC East teams. On so it. do I. The NFC East is not looking too hot at the wide receiver position. Dallas is good, but everybody else is. The yeah. Giants are fine. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm going Just with the Redskins. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm going with the Redskins and Terry McLaurin and Stephen Sims Jr. Um, that face had- you just made is hilarious because when doing my research like for this game 
I literally was reading up on one of like the analyst posts about wide receivers and his comment, and I forget which, like, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting who it is, was basically like, don't be surprised if you have no idea who anyone is on this list. And it was the depth chart for the wide receivers of the Washington Redskins. And I was literally laughing out loud because I literally read Steven Sims Jr. And I was like, huh? So listen, to be fair, fair, (laughs) Steven Sims Jr. was a rookie last year. So that's why a lot of us don't. That was Darius Slayton. But to have him as, okay, that's a good example. Darius Slayton, right? And people have, and he had a phenomenal rookie year. Um, So rightfully so, he's like the number two guy for the New York Giants. And no one says who when you say his name. Steven Sims Jr. is considered the number two guy on the depth chart for the Washington Redskins. And yes, he was a rookie last year, but he only had 310 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That's your number two guy? Terry McLaurin's okay, but that's your number one guy. Yeah. To me, this is my second worst team on, on the list. And as I was going into detail with you too, I, they are on my list as well. Okay, okay. Alrighty, give us another. This is a tricky one because this is, um, this is a team that your number one guy is, is a rookie. Mm-hmm. So it's tricky. So it's kind of more so like it's not fair because we don't know what he's going to do. But I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders in Henry Ruggs III and Hunter Renfro. Are they okay, so they are not, um, probably because I love Henry Ruggs III so much. Um, and uh, I think it just speaks volumes that he's their number one guy. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, he's going to do big things. But that's NFL. why they're on my list, because he's no, no, I never get even it. played an NFL I game for, and he's, he's your number one. I get it. I get it. I think okay. that team, I think they're just doing a lot of – questionable things right now they're now in las vegas they're doing all this stuff so it's like i'm not even going to give the attention and the time to them right now to try to like peel back the layers of what the hell they're doing so not only is henry ruggs your number one guy as as a rookie who's never played before but hunter renfro is your number two guy he was a rookie last season so like nobody it's very raw yeah it's yeah i mean and that's not to say that I mean, certainly expectations are high for Henry Ruggs. I don't know about Hunter Renfro. I mean, I like well, that's the people, thing. I like to yeah. think people are going to do better than what they did in their rookie year. Rookie year, Hunter Renfro did 605 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That's not bad for a rookie. Mm-hmm. But again, you have these two young, unproven guys. But now he's as your one and two. Yeah. You don't have a solid vet, yeah. solid star on your team at that position. So that's why they made my list. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, someone from yours, who we got? I am going with Miami's Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. I do not have Miami on my list only because of honorable. Devontae Parker. Only because of Devontae Parker. Are they on your honorable mention? They were on my honorable mention. They were. No, but I was actually reading some things where Preston Williams actually might go for that number one spot. It's like that kind of concerned me, and I think that's why, mm-hmm, yeah, it's out there. It's weird. That is weird. I know, right? Um, but I just, again, it's just not, it's something that a lot of these teams, it's just, you're, you're just not, it's like almost like you're just like not pleased. You're not thrilled. You're like, okay, like for next, next question. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, you gotta, you gotta know the guys, you gotta know what they're capable of doing. Like, where they fit in this roster, where they fit within the organization. Like, and that's me again, looking at things holistically. So I am looking at Miami holistically. I and agree with you. 
I think the reason Miami like sparks you, like comes up in your head when you, when you read a, when you do a game like this and you get ready to do a list like this, because mm-hmm. they were on my honorable mention list. I, I probably d- did this game and assumed that Miami was going to be on my list. Because if you look at the whole entire team, there are no playmakers on that team. No. And we said that like last week or two weeks team, ago. Yeah. Very disappointing team roster wise. No one so stands out to you as like that's their guy. They don't well, have a guy. It, we talked about it because we talked about MVPs for yeah. each team. And Devontae Parker is your MVP. And to me, that's not that great. That's but not he's not guy. even your guy. Like I wouldn't even at the end of the day be like, that's their number one guy. They don't have a guy. Yeah. Yep. All right, give us All right. another. Um, my fourth worst that I have on this list is actually really shocking because they're one of the best teams in the NFL, have a phenomenal offense, mainly because of their quarterback. But I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going with Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's funny that you say that because when I was doing my top five and like analyzed everything was done, I kind of did take a step back and look at it and like was like, I'm surprised I didn't put you, the Ravens in here. You forget, you forget with how good the Ravens were and how good their offense were. Was you forget that they don't have like they a don't. real crazy threat at wide receiver. I mean, Marquise Brown had a really great rookie. He did, absolutely. Did. I expected yeah. things from him. Um, but both of these guys, again, going off of what I just talked about with the Raiders, both Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin were, were rookies last year. Yeah. That's really shocking when you think about it. And to me, that means that you're not that stacked and not that loaded at that position because even though Marquise Brown was good, I think yeah. about the rookies that are coming in like Henry Ruggs, like Jerry Judy, and I just don't think – I think they're going to surpass Marquise Brown. I agree. Uh-huh. So – 100% agree. I don't know. That's why I didn't my list. For a team like that to have those two as your one-two punch, I think that's beyond fair to put them in the bottom. Um, I didn't go as that far, but right. – um, So I'll read another team that I have, and I'll save my other one because I feel like I think we have the same one. Um, yeah. So I'm going with the Titans and with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. So just again – I love A.J. Brown. I know. But he was a rookie last year. I know. Again, another yeah. – it's another rookie scenario where it's – And Corey Davis has never – Corey Davis was drafted fourth overall a couple mm-hmm. years ago. He's never lived up to his draft. Ever. Now. Ever. Yeah. And it's it's four years later, and he's your number two, but not yeah. really doing what you want. It just – it's it doesn't add up. Um, and it was – this was one of the – so the Tennessee Titans were the last team I picked. I wasn't putting them at like the bottom level, but it was as I was doing my thing. Yeah. And I was looking at so many different teams. I was doing my research on what analysts were saying. And I did see it kept seeing them come up from time yeah. and time again when, when talking about poor wide receivers, but and then also, you know, just in general. So it's not just like one wide receiver. So like the one, two punch, who do they have in their depth chart? Things like that. Um, looking beyond just these two players. So they really, they did, I did see a trend of them continuing to come up. And it's something I never really even thought about. I, mean, I don't think about the Titans every day. I don't, it, right. it's something yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't dive deep into what they're doing. I mean, I think right. the extent of what I know is Derrick Henry and the drama with uh, Marcus Mariota leaving and then uh, Ryan Tannehill. So it's like, that's yeah. like the extent of my knowledge of the Tennessee Titans. So to see that and to look into it, it did make sense for me to put them in uh, the bottom list here. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And I think we're both finishing off with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, we are, baby. We are, we are. We have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, to be fair, both of these guys 
uh, faced mm-hmm. injuries last year. They did play the majority of the season, but yeah, just a few games here and there. Um, and it's really funny to be in the year 2020 and have this list, have that as one of the worst, and have names like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Why does Deshaun Jackson see? I feel like he's like 60 years old. I know, because listen, once upon a time, when you heard those names, especially like fantasy football-wise, right. you know, a couple of years ago, like these are guys at the top of your list. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So they're getting older. They're getting into, again, both of them, like they've had injury played careers. They're both getting older. Um, again, I know that both of them were injured last year, but I think they at least played like nine or 10 games. But I found it funny that if you look at the Eagles stats from last year at, um, as far as receiving yards, their top three guys, yards-wise, receiving, were was a tight end, a tight end, and then a running back. Like, I know that you guys were, like, hurt, but you still should have – somebody should have played Someone. nine or ten games. Yeah. You still should have finished in, in the top three there for your mm-hmm. team. So we've, we've said this many a times that Zach Ertz is technically the best wide receiver on that team. He is. It's a tight end position. You, so. can't, argue, you can't argue it. Right. So that they listen, they're not my worst. They're my fifth worst, but they're definitely on that list. Um, we talked, we talked about this, this topic in general greatly going into the NFL draft because it was going to be such a good wide receiver. The Jets and the Eagles are literally the two teams that like needed wide receivers shat the bed. Like the Eagles, why did you draft Jalen hurts? Like I'm still not over that. Like it's just that extremely shocked over the fact that I will never get over let that. go of Robbie Anderson and then didn't replace him. The Jets drafted a random draft. ass quarterback too. What do you guys do? What are you doing? I mean, I get it. They drafted an offensive lineman at the beginning of the draft to, you know, okay, that's great. The beginning, Darnold, but you're not giving Sam Darnold weapons at all. You not can protect him all you want. If he can't pass it off or throw it to and anyone, you, he's not, you're in a game. You're you not weren't going to draft. I don't understand why the Jets were also so silent during free agency as well. So it just didn't, ma- it doesn't make sense for the Jets. It you, yeah. In what we say, week after week after week on this show that this third year for Sam Darnold is such a crucial year and yeah. you're not giving him anything to work with. So, yeah. I mean, when you compare him to a guy like Josh Allen, who now gets to throw the ball to Stefan Diggs, that certainly helps over what Sam Absolutely. So I do feel, I feel for Sam Darnold in this situation. I do think this is the worst wide receiver core in the league. Absolutely. And it, and it comes down to it too. Like I think a lot of people still believe that the Jets could get rid of Sam Darnold. You're not going to, he's your franchise quarterback and I'm going to stick to that statement. He is literally your franchise quarterback. There's no, so you've got to work around it. And he's, he's not showing right now what he can do, but you're also not giving him stuff right. to where he can do. So yeah. agreed. All right, great game. Really enjoyed it. Maybe yeah, we'll do fun. something in the future. Maybe we'll explore another position. But um, it is now the point in the night where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative, housewives, football, life, wine, quarantine, what you're watching, what you want to share. Kick us off. What do you got for us? Yeah, so I mean, I guess we're technically still in quarantine. Like, does that even, does that count? Like, are we still in quarantine? Yeah, oh yeah, we are. 
So, but like I, we've been doing some normal things. So last week I got my hair cut. Yesterday I got it colored. So if you guys can tell, I well, you're probably listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> but if you do end up watching the video, I know I didn't, I didn't post our video last week, but if I do end up posting this one, you'll see. So I'm actually going way off brand of our logo. So my hair is black in our logo. It's no longer black or dark brown. So I've got some hints of blonde in there. So I'm now I gotta say, like looking at you through video chat, it just looks like light is hitting your hair. You know what I mean? It in person, have- it looks like way crazy. Light. Yes. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. Wild and crazy kids over here, but, um, definitely new for me, but it's good. So you're getting back to normal. You're just doing normal things. And like, I don't give a shit that I'm wearing a mask, like getting my hair done. It's whatever. Like, I don't Who cares? Like, it's a little weird. You know what I've noticed though, because you talk while you're getting your hair done, masks, like don't really support like full blown conversation. So he just keeps falling down. You gotta put it back up, (laughs) but it is what it is. Like, um, I went out to dinner last Thursday um, so my first time I, I went for drinks a couple of weeks back. Um, but actually first dining experience after all of this. So normal. I went to the Cloverleaf in Caldwell. Love the Cloverleaf. They did a great job. Super clean, super safe. Everything was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, just like a great 4th of July weekend. Um, you and your husband hosted a couple of us. Thank you guys so much. I had so much fun, obviously. It was- Way too much fun. <laughs> well, too much fun. A lot of day drinking. Got home at like 10 p.m. and I was done. Out for the count. Done for. Caitlin pieced out at like I don't know seven, eight o'clock. But the party kept going till like Mm-mm. 1 a.m. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. None of us were well the next day. Katie and her husband are so much older than me. Not that much. I'm just joking. No. And they they always keep the party going, and I'm just like I'm out. Even on a normal night, we'll get out to the bar at like nine. By like 1030, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Let's we, go get food. We had, listen, she might have left like a little bit earlier than everybody else, but we started at like one. So yeah. we, that, that was a long, long day. We had a lot of fun. It was a good and time. we've all been cooped up for a while. So I got to get back into the swing of things, you know? I also want to say, like we, we referenced that it was a party. There was literally no, like, like six of us. So yeah. I don't want everybody to like jump at us no. and be like, you're not following proper protocol. Yeah, like, no, we were, uh, we were all very safe and it's, yes. it's been people we've been spending time with, yes. tested, things like that. So no, we've it wasn't had, a full yes. blown rager. We've had our quote unquote inner circle. I guess that's what it, it's called by like the government for when yeah. they mandated you were allowed to start seeing people. So yeah. Katie and I have been ridiculously safe with what we were doing. We have our inner circle and that's it. No one else is allowed in. No outsiders. No outsiders. We are all good with ourselves. We don't like anybody else. Um, but just super good to get back into the swing of things. My parents had the immediate family over on Sunday for a barbecue too. I had so many hamburgers this weekend. I can't even tell you. Oh, I know. So I've just been working out like crazy this week. Got to burn off yeah. those burgers. Got to burn off those burgers. But yeah, so just like kind of just like getting back into just doing some like semi-normal things has been super great for me mentally. Like it has been a long ass, like three, four months of like being locked up. Um, and luckily the weather has been great. I know this week it kind of sucked, but, um, just looking forward to, we have like two months left of the summer, like maybe just doing some more normal things and it doesn't, we'll, we'll figure it out what it is. Um, as far as TV shows, um, I know I mentioned a couple of weeks back that the politician on Netflix was out with season two. I have officially finished season two. I did it in like two days. 
super good amazing if you don't watch it watch it if you watch season one get on season two so good i'm gonna run for office someday i think nice i'm, I'm prepped now once i turn 35 i'm running for president um <laughs> you heard it here first um but yeah so just that's it just you know doing my i don't even know how many weeks it's weeks it's been but it's been wow. 18 episodes of me going on about quarantine so i'll continue doing that until it doesn't make sense anymore which is hopefully soon. all right all right all right well all i right, actually right. Do- I've been I told Keelan I've been watching my same shows, watching Gilmore. <laughs> Nothing new. So I don't have any new American Pie recommendations. Um, but I do have one thing that was really cool that I saw this past week. I know Keelan and I are really excited about oh, it. Oh, so great! Um, it's Giants news. It's women supporting women. We're super pumped. Um, on Thursday, the Giants hired their first ever full-time female scout. She's only 25 years old. Get it, girl. Like, honestly, major props. Her name is Hannah Burnett. She was actually like, Love her. I, you know, Kayla was a college lacrosse player. I'm a big <laughs> lacrosse fan. Uh, she was a former lacrosse player at UMass, a, a standout lacrosse player there, where she also majored in sports management, which is really cool. And she's making it happen. She previously worked with Buffalo Bills in 2017 mm. as an events operation intern. She was then hired by the Atlanta Falcons in 2018, where she had numerous roles and now she's found a home with the New York Giants. Um, I love it. I love love it. too. She's coming from UMass. I don't know if she's a Boston gal or or a Massachusetts area gal and has anything against the uh, Giants. Hey, she worked for Buffalo and Atlanta. She can't be that bad. That's true. That's true. I I don't know. I don't know where she's from, but she's here with the New York Giants and we're so happy to have her on board. I love it. You know, she's she's living a dream. So I'm very excited for Hannah, and I think this is awesome. And I always love hearing news like this. And it's happening more and more year after year where we're seeing women come into the league and and do some Good. awesome things that go into some awesome roles that were once only made for men to fulfill. So yeah, I'm super excited, and I think it's awesome. And I just wanted to give her a shout out. Listen, sports is for everyone. And I love everything about, I think we talk about this all the time, like sports being an escape, like doing things like you're just super energized about it. You know, we love football. Obviously we've loved it for the, you know, 28 to 30 years that we've been alive. Like really, you know, there's no, it's not a, a chore for us to look into things. You know, we do this podcast because we love it. We love the sport. Like it's, again, it's for everyone. So to see a lot of moves happening in the NFL recently where it's opening up the doors for women, um, I just absolutely adore it. Like we, you, you know, there's knowledge everywhere. And if you're good at what you do, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you identify as, what whatever, you're good, you're good. Yeah, That's it. Absolutely. So I absolutely love this and hell to the yeah. Hell Work yeah. it, girl. Yeah. Work it, Hannah. Work it. All righty. Well, that was a great show. We said it from the beginning. It was going to be a fun one. So thank you so much for joining us this episode. Do not forget if you are listening to this right now, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is back on in, it's 8.54. I'm looking at my watch. It's going to be on in six minutes at 9 p.m. They're back. They had their little hiatus. They're back. And they're finally back. They are back. And also Real Housewives of New York is on tomorrow. Tomorrow being Thursday. I have no idea what the date is today. What is today's date? Tomorrow's the 9th. 
Oh yeah, so it's tomorrow, July 9th at 9 p.m. We are in the Berkshires tomorrow for Beverly Hills. As always, keep your ESPN, NFL, Sports Center, anything alerts on because news like Patrick Mahomes making the mega, mega millions is coming out. Sorry, the mega half billions is coming out. So keep alert, go on Twitter, go on our Instagram page, go on everything and it's not just housewives that you can watch now. Things are happening with football, so keep updated yep. there. Um, thank you again. Please listen and subscribe on all major podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is at RFFFNJ, and Instagram is at The Real Football Fans of NJ. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Throwing up our wine glasses. I know Katie's empty. I need a refill. Katie needs a refill. Get it for her. But cheers. Thank you so much. And good night. Good night.